if there is any such thing at all as intelligence and love and beauty, well, you found it in other people. In other words, it exists in us as human beings. And as you explore deeper and deeper and deeper into the nature of yourself, you find that you're a rhythm doing a rhythm. And behind that there's another rhythm doing a rhythm. Your vibration. How do you see that? That that situation is what's called life. And so if you do, in the first place, feel selfish and come to the conclusion, as a result of trying various experiments with love, that you love yourself more than anybody else, the proper thing to do is to investigate your self-love, to find out why you love yourself and what you mean by yourself when you say you love yourself. For the reason is this, love is not something that is a sort of rare commodity. Everybody has it. Existence is love. But uh, it's like water flowing through a hose. It depends in which direction you point it. Uh, so everybody has the, the force running. So we might say that the red end of the spectrum of love is Dr. Freud's libido. And the violet end of the spectrum of love is agape, the... Uh, what is called divine love or divine charity and that in the middle the various yellows blues and greens are friendship uh, human endearment consideration uh, and all that sort of fellow feeling but it's all the same thing and so uh, the thing is first of all to get it moving to follow whatever kind of love you have in the first place because you cannot control love until you have some to control, until you have it running. You've got to get your car running before you can learn how to drive it. You will not become a skillful driver by sitting at a still car in a garage any more than you will become a skilled dancer if you simply never move your arms and legs. The, the first thing then is to discover what indeed you do love, if anything, and you will find there is something. Now, it's said that selfish people love themselves. I would say that that is really a misunderstanding of the whole thing, because yourself is something that is really impossible to love. There are various reasons for this, but one obvious reason is that loving oneself is as difficult as kissing your own lips. If you explore what you love when you say you love yourself, you will make the startling discovery that everything you love is something which you thought was other than yourself. Now, to trust oneself to be capable of love, to bring up love, in other words, to uh, function, is to take a risk. It's a gamble. When you love people, even however selfishly you love them, uh, because of the pleasant sensations they give to you, 
still uh, it is somebody else that you love. And as you inquire into this, as you follow honestly your own selfishness, many interesting transformations begin to come about in you. One of the most interesting transformations of being directly and honestly selfish in the same way that, for example, cats are, is that you stop deceiving people. A great deal of damage is done in practical human relations by saying that you love people when what you mean is that you ought to and you don't really. You give the wrong impression and people begin to expect things of you which you are never going to come through with. Now, when you go deeply into the nature of selfishness, what do you discover? You say, I love myself, I seek my own advantage. Now, what is the self that I love? What do I want? And that becomes an increasingly ever-deepening puzzle. When it suddenly occurs to me that I know me only in terms of you. See, when I think of anything that I know and that I like, then it's always something that can be viewed as other than me. I can never get to look at me. Real me is always behind. It's always hidden. And I really don't know it well enough to know whether I love it or not. Maybe I don't. Maybe it's an appalling mess. But certainly the things I do love and that I want from a selfish point of view, when I really think about them, they're all something else that's in a way outside me. Now, we saw that there is a reciprocity, a total mutual interdependence between what we call the self and what we call the other. And so, if you are perfectly honest about loving yourself, and you don't pull any punches, you don't pretend that you are anything other than exactly what you are, you suddenly come to discover that the self you love, if you really go into it, is the universe. You don't like all of it. You're selective about it, as we saw in the beginning. Perception is selection. But on the whole, you love yourself in terms of what is other. Because it's only in terms of what is other that you have a self at all. I feel that the, one of the very great things that C.G. Jung contributed to mankind's understanding was the concept of the shadow. That everybody has a shadow. And that the main task of the psychotherapist is to do what he called to integrate the evil. To, as it were, put the devil in us in its proper function. Because, you see, it's always the devil, the unacknowledged one, the outcast, the scapegoat, the bastard, the bad guy, you see, the black sheep of the family. It's always from that 
point, which we could call the fly in the ointment, you see, that generation comes. In other words, uh, in the same way as in the drama, uh, to have the play, it's necessary to introduce a villain. It's necessary to introduce a certain element of trouble. So, in the whole scheme of life, there has to be the shadow, because without the shadow there can't be the substance.